episode 91 of the Shock Jock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jock back here with you with all the Knicks talk, all the trade deadline talk, and all the NBA news and notes from the week. Hope you guys are doing as well as you can be as this pandemic continues to hit us hard. And hopefully, you know, you're vaccinated. Hopefully, you're going to get vaccinated. I've been trying my hardest to find a spot where I'm at in the tri-state area to get vaccinated. I'm on about as many wait lists as you can think of and uh, trying my best. Hope you are as well. And obviously, uh, with the crazy stuff going on with, with continued gun violence in this country, just hope you're safe. Hope you're doing as well as you can physically and mentally during these trying times and the difficult times in our country. And if you're doing well, more power to you. Really hope that everybody is doing as well as they can be doing at this period in time. But enough of the chit-chat. We gotta dive in to the news and notes of the week. So the trade deadline is come and gone. It's the trade deadline review show. I mean, really, that's what most of this show is going to be. We'll touch a little bit on the fan that was uh, thrown out of the garden for his Dolan t-shirt. We'll talk a little bit about that later if we get to it. Um, I don't have any new opinions on this. uh, So if you don't want to stick around for that... I don't blame you, but I will touch on it. I'll touch on it a little bit. It's not going to be much different, I don't think, than uh, the other the other times I've talked about similar acts like this. But again, we will we'll briefly look at that later. But let, let's get to the main course here, and that's the NBA trade deadline. We'll start with the Knicks. Pretty, you know, silent trade deadline for the Knicks, although they did make a move at the deadline. Again, not a you know not a big move that's going to turn any heads. Not a move that's really going to stand out. Um, although I was a little surprised of some of the details of the trade uh, moving forward for the Knicks. Maybe not shocked, but a little surprised. Um, basically, the Knicks were involved in a three-team deal, um, and in the end, the biggest—I think—the biggest move uh, of the deal was the Knicks sending. Austin Rivers to Oklahoma City, along with also sending Iggy Brasdakis to the Sixers. The Knicks, in return, get 22-year-old 22, 22 wing, pardon me, Terrence Ferguson, who has not played very much for the Sixers at all this season. Although some people are very high on him, he's still young. Uh, he is mostly a small forward, specifically looking when you look at his size. That's likely what he's going to play if he does play for the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks did end up waving somebody as part of that deal. The Sixers, in the end, uh, the big piece in the deal, uh, George Hill was sent to the Sixers from Oklahoma City, and Philadelphia sent Tony Bradley, the center, to OKC in the deal. So George Hill was the main piece of the deal. Austin Rivers goes to OKC, Iggy Brasdakis to Philly, the Knicks were kind of the the third partner here. This was really a deal between OKC and Philly. They wanted a third team involved. The Knicks got involved, and they got you know a young talent for the future in Terrence Ferguson. Didn't really change the roster too much. Again, Austin Rivers was kind of big early in the season, but hasn't really played a lot due to personal reasons in the last few weeks. So he really hasn't been a part of the team during some of the Knicks' success pre and post the All-Star break. So... In the end, it's a, it's a really insignificant, at least for this season, deal for the Knicks. I don't think it's the end of the world. You know, obviously, when you look at stuff for the future, 
with the Knicks. You know, so I've already talked about the money edge. The Knicks have for Andre Drummond. New York Post was writing about that earlier today after what they called a conservative trade deadline for the Knicks. And remember, Tom Thibodeau has said this multiple times that he loves his team. He loves where the team is at. He loves the development of the guys. Mitchell Robinson's now back in the fold. So you get an injury boost. It's kind of like getting somebody at the trade deadline as well. And obviously, Andre Drummond could be somebody for the offseason. Lonzo Ball did not get moved. Could be somebody for the offseason as well. So these are the kind of pieces that the Knicks will look to in the summer to potentially move and and make the team better depending on obviously how they finish this regular season and hopefully a postseason run as well. So I think when you look at the Knicks trade deadline, not a ton to write home about, but you know, a move for the you know, a small move for maybe the future. And in the end, you know, the Knicks were playing it very close to the vest, very conservative at the deadline and they they had the luxury of doing that because this team is good this team is good they're gonna get better and on top of that mitchell robinson's back derrick rose will be back so i I think when you look at those factors it's a solid trade deadline for the Knicks. they didn't have to do too much they didn't do too much they're sticking to their guns and we'll see if it pays off for them at the end of the season so again not a lot of Knicks news to look at at the trade deadline, but boy, oh boy, let me tell you, let me say this off the bat, correct me if I'm wrong, I can't remember the last, like, really bad NBA trade deadline, I can't remember the last time there was an NBA trade deadline, and and afterwards I thought, man, that, that was boring, nothing happened, nobody moved, you know, it was a dud, you know, nothing happened, you know, one of those kind of things, this trade deadline again delivered some drama it it really did there was an really another um another trade deadline where you know teams were changed you know you really had that that soap opera mentality that the nba has become known for so really quick before we dive into that i do want to quickly run through the next week we're not going to do much of that today (laughs) we're going to really dive into these trade deadline moves it's really quick. Knicks, after the loss to Philly, a heartbreaker that we talked about last time, they beat Orlando 93-94 at home. Reggie Bullock with a massive defensive stop that really sealed the win. So that was a massive victory for the Knicks to get at the time. It was really important. Obviously, the third quarter shooting was massive for the Knicks in the victory. Um, and they held on for that 94 94- 93 win the Knicks followed that up with a heartbreaker again this time at home to Philly another controversial ending in overtime this time 101 100 the Sixers somehow got out of there with too late Tobias Harris free throws $15,000 fine for Julius Randle for ripping the officials after the game obviously Randle hit that huge three in the corner to send it to overtime initially so the Knicks again showing you the fight that they have and it was a another feisty game the Knicks are gaining ground you can tell on some of these top teams but in the end the Knicks could not pull it out and they lost by one game very controversial ending to this game Tom Thibodeau was out on the court arguing with the officials after the game was over not going to dive too much into this you guys have talked I'm sure plenty about it amongst your friends it, it, the Knicks got, you know, a really bad call. Uh, a couple of, I thought a couple of questionable decisions by the refs down the stretch. 
And in overtime in particular, Philly wins it 101-100. Knicks bounce back very well against a bad Washington Wizards team that has been winning some games of late. Um, but in the end, Julius Randle, 37 points, you know, 131-113 wins. So Knicks needed it, they got it, and Julius Randle delivered. And the Knicks are at the moment, at, you know, at 500 and are actually playing the Wizards again as we speak right now. Actually not doing too well. Down by 15 at the half. So hopefully the Knicks can turn that around against the Wizards in the second half as they try to get back above 500 at the moment in the obviously very competitive Eastern Conference. But for the time being, we move on to the trade deadline stuff. Again, not my normal breakdown of the week because there's too much else to talk about in the grand scheme of things in the NBA. So... We need a lot of this show to talk trade deadline. Again, we'll talk to talk about the Dolan stuff again later in the show. But for right now, let's dive into some of these trades. Very interesting stuff. Let's start with this. It wasn't really a trade. It was a move. A pretty interesting one. I didn't expect it. Maybe some out there did. The Spurs bought out. LaMarcus Aldridge's contract and LaMarcus Aldridge is now a free agent and according to Adrian Wojnarowski the man the myth the reporter of ESPN the Miami Heat this was of about a couple hours ago on this Thursday of recording they're the front runners to get LaMarcus Aldridge a very interesting move potentially For the Miami Heat, obviously LaMarcus Aldridge wants to go to a team that has a chance to win a championship. The Spurs, uh, obviously, probably love LaMarcus, but they came to a mutual decision that this was the time, I guess, to let him go. And despite the fact that the Spurs could be very well a playoff team this year, probably not a championship contender. The Heat very well could still be in that mix for the Eastern Conference title. They are the defending Eastern Conference champions. Marcus Aldridge could very well be a piece that helps them out. So that's the first one right off the bat. Not again, not out of the, not out of left field, but certainly one where I just thought, wow, was not expecting to see that on trade deadline day. But these are the kind of deals that do happen on the trade deadline day, and and it was the it was really for me one that that made me turn my head uh, later on in the day. Also. I think I'm kind of going in reverse order here as to when this was reported. So keep that in mind. One guy that didn't get moved that many thought would Kyle Lowry from the Toronto Raptors. There was correct me if I'm wrong, maybe three or four different reports out there with deals potentially involving the Raptors trading away Kyle Lowry. The Raptors season is falling apart in front of our eyes. It's one of those things where it's been an a roller coaster first half and more of the season for the Toronto Raptors. They got off to an awful start, one of the worst teams in the East out of the gates. They righted the ship. They were right back in the mix. And then the last couple of weeks have been, if it, if it even can get hot up in Toronto, uh, hell for the Raptors. I, I mean, it's been, they've been as bad as anybody in the East. And, I mean, again, the Houston Rockets lost 20 in a row. They they got off the schneid finally. But in the East, that team's been the Raptors. They, they have been really struggling to get it going 
and they have plummeted in the Eastern Conference standings because of it. Now, again, not saying that they can't turn it around, but they felt the need to get rid of Kyle Lowry, potentially at the trade deadline. Obviously, no deals got done. I, again, I, if I remember correctly, because I, when I first saw the news, I was instantly scrolling through to see who was reporting it and what what could the destination be. There was there was a deal to one team. Then I look at another report. There's a deal to another team. There, Kyle Lowry was being looked at everywhere for a potential de- deal here, but nobody could get, you know, no one could agree in the end of what they wanted to do. And they ran out of time in the end. That's what happens sometimes at the trade deadline. You can hear about deals after the trade deadline, but they've been agreed before the trade deadline ends. I think at 3 p.m. Eastern time normally to, uh, on the March 25th, the day obviously before you guys will listen to this podcast, day of recording. So very, very interesting stuff there. But Kyle Lowry stays in Toronto for now. Uh, obviously the other one, quick note here, Lonzo Ball. And this was kind of, with with maybe 15 minutes left in the trade deadline, it was confirmed by Woj that Lonzo Ball, despite a number of teams being interested in him, I'm sure the Knicks were one of them, no deal done for Lonzo Ball. So Lonzo Ball stays put in New Orleans and nobody, well, you know, we'll have to wait now until the summer to see what Lonzo Ball decides to do or what he would like to do moving forward. Deals that did get done. There was some good ones as far as you want. If you want juice at the trade deadline, the Mavs end up getting JJ Redick. That's that's an interesting one for me. I, I, that was right off the bat, a very interesting deal that got done. In the end, JJ Redick, along with Italian forward Nicolo Melli, traded to the Mavericks the Pelicans in return sent forward James Johnson, Wesley Awundu, and a second round pick back to the Pelicans in return. JJ Redick again, another, you know, having another great shooting season, shooting almost 42% from deep. A, a move that, you know, makes sense for the Mavs. Obviously, JJ Redick is a guy that has consistently made the NBA playoffs in his career and is you know, not, not gotten that close, to be fair, to an NBA championship. He wants to get to a finals, and this is a team that's got a chance to do it. Dallas is going to have a say in the Western Conference playoffs, no question about it. So it's a team team deal that kind of works well for both. Obviously, when you look at what the, uh, what the Pelicans get back, it looks like a little bit of a dump here. You know, just kind of trying to get rid of a player. Not getting a ton back here although they do get a second round pick so we'll see how that you know decides to you know we'll see what that you know ends up bringing them but for right now jj reddick is a maverick and could be a really interesting piece to what dallas has moving forward specifically in the playoffs because again jj reddick is a big time playoff performer he has shown that in the past he's capable of making big time shots under the gun in the NBA playoffs. So again, not the biggest move of the day. We'll get to that in a second, but definitely one to keep an eye on as the season moves on and as we get closer to the NBA playoffs. Because again, Dallas is a team that's going to be expected to do really well when it comes time, you know, when the when the lights shine the brightest. So move that definitely piqued my interest on trade deadline day, no question 
about that. Really quick, because I do want to get in many as many of these as possible. This will be the last one I think we talk about before the break, because this is a big deal. This is a big one. This is, in my opinion, this is this was the biggest deal of the day, in my opinion. And there's a couple in that in that conversation. But just after the trade deadline, or right around the, the trade deadline time this was announced, the Rockets traded away Victor Oladipo. This was kind of expected. But the team was not expected, in my opinion. It was when you think about, you know, where Oladipo wanted to go. But there weren't many talks about this team at the trade deadline specifically for Oladipo. The Miami Heat get Victor Oladipo in a pretty big trade here. So the Rockets get Victor Oladipo. That's all they get. Houston, in return... And this one was a little, these couple of these guys are surprising to me. Avery Bradley goes back to Houston in return. Kelly Olynyk goes back as well. So a couple of guys that you'd expect, you know, maybe not this season as much, but these guys have been cornerstones at times to different franchises over the years. Now they're going to go to a team that's going nowhere in Houston, plus a 2022 pick swap, according to the Houston Chronicle. This is a very big deal. Miami is gunning for it. They're going to go for it. Their chips are in the middle. And they could be adding LaMarcus Aldridge on top of that to a team that they're expecting to win the championship this season. I'll tell you what, when you look at the West right now, and we'll get to the Clippers in a second, but LeBron, Hurt, dealing with injuries. Anthony Davis is still out, could be out for even longer now with a significant injury the west is is there to be won and the winner in the east is going to might have more of a shot in the finals than you would think this year so the heat are putting the chips in the middle with a move like this and if they add lamarcus aldridge on top of that they're really all in for a championship this season no question about it again they were contenders before the season started and they've had hiccups with injuries and things like that. But getting Victor Oladipo at the trade deadline, potentially adding LaMarcus Aldridge after that, big stuff. Very, very, very big moves by the Miami Heat. In my opinion, the Oladipo trade is the biggest move of the trade deadline, potentially. It really is. It's a massive, massive deal that this trade deadline has brought this deal because the the heat and i said deal like eight times there but it's a big one the heat have put their flag in the dirt and they're saying we're here to win a title this season with that move and a potential aldridge deal on the other side of it so for me and again we'll again we have a whole another half of the show here we've got other deals to get to there's some other really juicy ones no question about that but for me, I'd argue the Oladipo one is the biggest of the trade deadline because of the potential talent. It's a risky move by the Heat because of his injury history. But also, Oladipo has the biggest upside of maybe anybody that was dealt today. Maybe anybody. And again, you know, the Heat will have to deal with what he wants to do at the end of the season. They're not worried about that right now. They want to win a championship, and they think Victor Oladipo is the missing piece 
Let me take a break here. When we come back, a lot more trade deadline talk, and we'll talk Dolan as well. After this, on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast, on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, you want more trade deadline talk? We've got it. I mean, come on. We haven't even scratched the surface on all the deals that went down in the trade deadline finale on Thursday. A ton to get to at the deadline here. Obviously, we just talked about arguably the biggest move of the day, Victor Oladipo being traded from Houston to Miami. And arguably, you know, right there, another huge move made here as well with the Clippers adding Rajon Rondo and Lou Williams being sent to Atlanta. So this one was reported, I think about half an hour with a half an hour left in the trade deadline. I think Shams and Woj had it at almost exactly the same time as they always, they're always battling those two guys for the spotlight when it comes to reporting these deals. From what I understand, the Clippers are sending Lou Williams to the Hawks, Rondo goes to the Clippers, and on top of that, this was the part that got a little, you know, murky at the beginning, the Hawks are also getting two second round picks and cash from the Clippers. There was that third part that wasn't looked at until after the main part of the deal was done, so that's the third part. The, the Hawks also get two second round picks and cash along with Lou Williams all in exchange for Rajon Rondo. So again, Clippers get Rondo, Hawks get Williams, cash, and two second round picks. I don't think we know the years yet of the second round picks, but the Clippers, again, adding a big time player who's Showed you last year with the Lakers can be still vital on an NBA champion. We'll hope to bring LA's other team to the summit this season as well. Meanwhile, Lou Williams, who's been obviously one of the best sixth men in, in NBA history during his career, goes to the Hawks, who, by the way, are on a roll right now overall when you look at the grand scheme of their schedule. That's a nice piece to partner with Trey Young, but I would think off the bench, you would think with the way the Hawks play, they would, you know, they'd have Lou Williams coming off the bench like the Clippers did. But that's a that's not a bad haul for Atlanta at all. It really is a nice deal for them, I feel like. And and the Clippers get the guy they wanted. They feel like a a guy that could be a missing piece, right? These are what the got the teams that are close to a championship are looking for at the trade deadline. This is a juicy deal as well. I mean, this is this is one that's right up there as far as intrigue on trade deadline day. This one came with about a half hour left in till the trade deadline and sort of developed from there and the deal ended up going through. So 
Very interesting one, specifically, I think, for the Hawks. Again, it's simple. Rondo goes to the Clippers, could be the missing piece. Lou Williams could really elevate the Hawks' chances in the East. He's a guy that has been consistently good down the stretch in regular season play. And when he's, you know, fully focused, because again, he had some trouble with the bubble last season once or twice, he's he's a really good playoff performer as well. So I, I think this could be a really good deal for both teams. Honestly, when, when we're looking back at this season, that one is definitely one to remember. No question about that. We move on to the deal that the Raptors did make. In the end, we mentioned the deal they didn't make with the Kyle Lowry stuff. In the end, everyone wanted Lowry. Nobody could get a deal done with the Raptors. He stays put in Toronto. But another one of their cornerstone pieces ended up getting traded at the trade deadline. And it was Norman Powell, guy that's been pretty key to a couple of really good Raptors teams, including their title winner with Kawhi Leonard a few years back. He is now a Portland Trailblazer, which is a really interesting move for them as they try to shore up you know, a team that could make a run in the NBA playoffs in the West. I was a little surprised at who went to the Raptors in this deal, but obviously Portland really wanted Norman Powell because the Blazers sent Gary Trent Jr., who I, I, I'm thinking that this guy's going to be there for years in Portland. He gets dealt along with Rodney Hood, who at times has been crucial to the Blazers' success. They both go to the Raptors, so very very big deal if you're talking about those two franchises moving forward also two duke players dealt in the same deal both going the same way to toronto so very interesting stuff right there but powell goes to portland trent jr and rodney hood go to the raptors again one that on the surface you can see what is needed in portland Powell's having one of his best seasons, if not his best, averaging almost 20 points per game, shooting almost 44% from three. So they're thinking that he could be this third guy with McCollum and Lillard potentially in a really dynamic backcourt, obviously an NBA champion as well. But you have to trade two, I think, guys that could have been factors for years to come in Portland in Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. So, but that's the deal. If you if you really want a guy like Norman Powell who's having his best season, that's what you might have to give up. So the Blazers didn't flinch, at least not publicly. They went after it. They got the deal done. They gave away what they had to give away. And the Blazers feel like they might have a, a shot at things here in the West. And again, maybe if LeBron and Anthony Davis are in better shape, the Blazers think twice about making this deal. But they went for it. Everyone might feel like there's a there's a little bit more of an opening right now in the West. The Mavs have made a deal. The Clippers made a deal. The, the Blazers made a deal. These are the kind of things that can happen when the trade deadline wheels start to turn. Again, we mentioned this earlier. George Hill. Sixers get him in the three-team trade. Austin Rivers, Iggy Brasdakis. They leave the Knicks. Rivers. Moving on, Brasdakis to the Sixers, Rivers to the Thunder. We briefly talked about it earlier, but I just want to say, you know, specifically because we talked about it in the Knicks context. Once again, George Hill is brought to a team that thinks they can win a championship, and we'll see how it works out. You know, it hasn't worked out a lot at times with the teams George Hill has been on 
in the past few years. Not saying he's not a good player. I'm not not trying to put that on Paul George. Sorry, not trying to put that on George Hill. Pardon me. But it's one of those things where the Sixers are just looking for that that veteran piece that they think could be a leadership guy down the stretch in games, in big playoff games where the Sixers have failed in years past. But they got they got swept out of the bubble last year by the by the Celtics. Again, they were dealing with injuries. They weren't ready for the for the for the second half of the season, really in the playoffs. They'd end up not being ready enough. They obviously feel like this year could be the team. This could be the team that finally gets Philly that elusive championship they haven't had in decades. So we'll see. I mean, that that's the thing with the Sixers. Can they stay healthy? And to be fair, George Hill has normally been consistent when it comes to playoff time. So we'll see how that how that goes. But Sixers are going for it. No question about it. They feel like they're one of the best, if not the best teams in the East. They're going after it. Okay, couple of deals that got, you know, kind of put under the radar because of what happened later in the day as the trade deadline tends to go. The Orlando Magic traded Aaron Gordon to the Denver Nuggets. This one was the first, well, to be fair, there's one other deal that was a, a headline turner. No question about it, but, and we'll get to it, but this one for me was the first deal of the day where I legitimately stopped what I was doing and checked everything because I, the last guy, not the last guy, but of the movable guys, right? When you think there's untouchable guys in the NBA for the most part of the guys that are big with their franchises, I did not expect Aaron Gordon to get dealt at the deadline, but he did. He goes to the Nuggets in return. Nuggets gave up a good amount here. Denver gives Orlando Gary Harris, who's been big for them at times, for Denver in the playoffs. RJ Hampton, who's one for the future, and a first round pick. So Denver is going for it in a big way, no question about it. And again, the rivals around the Lakers making moves, feeling like there's a little bit of blood in the water. Denver goes for it, and they made a blockbuster trade, in my opinion. No question about that. And here we go. I mean, listen, we'll talk about the other two deals that Orlando made, but this is a big one because, listen, it feels like Orlando is selling big time here. And we'll get to really why that's happening in a second. But it more feels like Denver is going for it. They're going to have a heck of a front court to deal with in the NBA playoffs. Let me tell you that right off the bat. Jokic and Gordon together could be scary in the playoffs. No question about that. Really quick, the two other deals that were done by Orlando. These were, again, you know, again, the Magic got off to a good start this season. Many thought they could be in the playoff hunt this year, but they've, they're have they big sellers here at the deadline. The Magic also traded away Evan Fournier to the Boston Celtics, and Woj and Shams were all over it. Two second-round picks in return. So, again, another big sell right there from Orlando. So, oh, I'll say this. You know, it's one of those deals where you're thinking Orlando is letting it go here. They're they're trying to get as much back as they can. They're rebuilding. 
But Boston, who needs more juice right now, they, it seems like they've been stuck in a little bit of a rut at times this season. Maybe Evan Fournier is their guy. He's got a career high in points and assists this year, 19.7, 3.7 assists. Again, you know, a little bit of extra juice added to that Celtics roster. As again, they, they've got a team that should be competing for a championship. This is the kind of move where you put yourself in position to be a contender in the NBA playoffs. So, but again, Orlando selling hard, and we'll get to the big sell from them in a second. But the Celtics, again, trying to go for it right now where they feel like they'll have an opportunity with when it's all said and done to be in the mix. This was the big Orlando move of the day, and I, I'm saving it for last because it's he's their best player. But Nikola Vucevic getting traded to the Bulls, I, I, I did not expect it. I think maybe this was one I thought maybe could happen during the offseason where I thought maybe, you know, he's been there a while now. He's got all the accolades. He's done everything he could for Orlando, but now they're going back down the tubes. I mean, I hate to say this, but I've said it to a buddy, a few buddies of mine as a joke during draft night and stuff like that, but Orlando can really be a place where careers go to die in the NBA. It's one of those places where if you stay there a little too long, you're not sure how you're like, they, you forget about them and they're not relevant almost anymore in the NBA. People forget how good Nikola Vucevic is. Obviously he's an all-star, um, two-time all-star over the last three seasons. And he's having another career year, 24 and a half points, 11.8 rebounds, 3.8 assists, one steal per game. I believe all of those are career highs for Nikola Vucevic. So he's having the best year of his career and the magic stink. So they know that this is the time to rebuild. And they're they've been the biggest sellers of the trade deadline, no question. Which is why you, you know, you wonder at times, man, Orlando, are they ever gonna with all this talent they get at times, they just never figure it out. Besides just barely getting into the playoffs. So frustrating. You know, it can be very frustrating when you're in that position that Orlando found found itself going into trade deadline day. It really, really can be. They decided in the end that the best course of action was to sell their three, arguably their three best players in Gordon Fournier and now Vucevic. So in the end, you look at this deal, Vucevic to the Bulls, the magic in return. So it's, I'm sorry, it's not just Vucevic, pardon me. Not only Nikola Vucevic, but Alfaruk Aminu go to Chicago and Chicago gives up a couple of big pieces here. Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto Porter go to Orlando along with first round picks one in 2021, the upcoming draft and one in 2023 as well. So the magic get quite a bit back in return. So a good, good sellers deal, you know, for them and the bulls who feel like they could be in the playoff mix in the East, just got a little bit closer with a big time deal. So Again, a deal that both teams feel like could really help them moving forward with what they want to do. But for right now, that was definitely, definitely one of the biggest of the day on the NBA trade deadline. No question about it. And the Bulls now become very much a team that should make the playoffs. No question. No question in my mind about it. When you look when you look at the NBA standings right now, in the East specifically, and again, the West, so many teams have a shot at it. But in the East, with certain teams making moves, obviously when you look at the East right now, the, the, there's a hierarchy at the top. You look at the the Sixers, 
you look at the Nets and you look at the Bucks. Those are the three right now that, not just because they're in the top three, they're, they're the three best teams. If the season ended today, it's them. And the Bucks have now won eight in a row. They're showing you they, they want to get back to the top of the Eastern Conference, right? Then that second tier, again, Charlotte's overperformed a little bit, but right now they're in the fourth spot. The Hawks are tied with them on goal, uh, goal difference, God, soccer creeping in here. Tiebreaker, they're in fifth. The Heat are a half game back in sixth, along with the Knicks, who on a tiebreaker are in seventh. And then the Celtics are a game back in eighth. The Pacers are in ninth, a half game back of Boston. And the Bulls right now are a game and a half out of the eighth spot in 10th. After that, there's a drop-off, right? The Raptors are well behind the eighth spot. They're three games back, but they have to jump over three teams to get in. And then despite being only four games back, the Cavs are probably not going to be able to make up the ground. So really, when you look at the East right now, there are 10 teams vying for eight spots. That's realistically what it's looking like at the moment. So right now, you know, you kind of have to look at it and say, well, how's this going to work out? Right now, the Bulls put themselves in a very good position to maybe leap things over the top. The Pacers have been very Jekyll and Hyde at times this season. The Celtics, again, the Evan Fournier deal was needed. They have not been able to be consistent enough in the East this season. And then obviously the Knicks, you know, again, they have been well over expectations, but they're going to get better. They're going to get Mitchell Robinson back and Derek Rose back. So when you're looking at Mitchell Robinson's back, Derek Rose to follow. So when you're looking at the full picture, again, the Heat have made a lot of moves. They're trying to get a better spot for the playoffs as well. The Hawks made a big trade deadline move as well, involving Rajon Rondo. And in the end, they get Lou Williams. So teams are mixing and matching. We'll see if the Hornets can keep it up, obviously with the the LaMelo ball injury. How's that going to affect them moving forward? They've won two straight, but moving forward, how are they? Can they keep it up? It's tight. It's tight in the East right now. So the Bulls felt like, hey, we can make it. They went all in. They got a move to get Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Aminu feeling like they can get something moving forward. One last deal. It was really the first major deal of the day. The Denver Nuggets in a trade with the Cleveland Cavaliers, bring back JaVale McGee. So again, that front court we mentioned with Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic just got deeper with a bench piece in former Nugget, made his name with the Nugs, JaVale McGee coming back. According to Woj, the deal is McGee to Denver for Isaiah Hartenstein, excuse me, Isaiah Hartenstein and two future protected second round picks. So a minor deal But again, Denver going for it in a, let me tell you, a congested Western Conference where at the moment, and again, I mentioned this earlier, but with the problems going on with the Lakers right now in the West, right? And the Lakers are, are, you know, now they've dropped all the way to fourth. They've lost three in a row. And they're, you know, when are they going to be healthy again? Fully healthy? We don't know, frankly. And it might not be this season with the way it's going. So for for the time being, when you look at the West, right now Utah's in pole position, three games ahead of Phoenix. Phoenix has been fantastic. They just lost the other night, but they're still right there in second. The Clippers are, are getting warm, three in a row. They're in third. The, the Lakers have plummeted all the way to fourth. 
And now the Nuggets feel like they can make a bit of a run in fifth. Portland's been strong for most of the season in sixth. Dallas trying to show up not only a playoff spot, but maybe good seating for them as well in seventh. And then San Antonio, not sure what they're trying to do right now. They've lost three in a row, but they're in eighth. So the teams on the outside looking in, the two most legitimate contenders here are Memphis and Golden State. Then you look at New Orleans, who are four games back. They don't look like they're going for it right now with the moves they made at the trade deadline. And from there, you're asking a lot out of Sacramento, though they're not out of it, and OKC, who don't look like they're making the moves to go for it. And then you could forget about Houston, and you could forget about a team I was way off on at the beginning of the season in the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, love it. Another really strong NBA trade deadline, no question about it. Before I get out of here, really quick on the Dolan thing. For those that didn't see, and if you're a Nick fan, you saw it. (laughs) It's Dolan. If you're a Nick fan, you definitely saw this. A Nick fan got kicked out of Madison Square Garden for wearing a t-shirt that just said Ban Dolan on it. Um, If you haven't seen the video, there's a couple of different websites that have it. Um, it's a cool looking shirt. I'm told there's somebody who makes this. I, there's a specific guy or, or actually I forget who actually made it. Um, let me get, oh, I have the Twitter handle for him. So let me shout him out. Um, at FWMJ. So I, I would go hit him up if you want the shirt, I guess. I'm not sure exactly sure how it works. It's a nice looking shirt. No question about it. The, the band Dolan stuff looks really nice on it. Look, it's, it's the Knicks logo with band Dolan on it. I, I like it. I think it looks very good. The Knicks did not like it. Um, so the two things I'll briefly mention here, because I because we do have to, I'm running a little over time here. Real quick. How did the guards even notice it? It looks very similar to it. Like you had to go out of your way to see this, right? And that doesn't even, we're not even talking about how sensitive Dolan is and how he cares too much about this kind of a thing. It really doesn't matter. He shouldn't, he has the power to do it. I'm not saying he doesn't, but this is ridiculous. The The epitome of, of being so self-conscious and being so, uh, maybe not self-conscious isn't the right word, just being so sensitive. That's the word. He's being so overly sensitive about stuff like this. We've seen other fans get kicked out for stuff like this in the past. But this is a guy that spent a ton of money. The, the tickets for the Knicks in the pandemic are not cheap. And in the end, he gets kicked out for just, you know, pay, by the way, Dolan gets that money. And Dolan says, you know what? I'm not having it. He gets kicked out. Come on. And, he, and here's, here's the thing about the first point I mentioned, how they saw it. I don't know what he looked, I, I don't know. I don't know what he was wearing when he went into the garden. Right. But when he takes the picture, the guy that that got kicked out, he takes the picture for social media. He's wearing a jacket. So that tells me that on his way into the garden, they didn't see it. Right? And I'm not saying that that, you know, for those that are, you know, well, you don't, if he gets in and he can still get kicked out. I'm not saying that. But he probably, unless he took it off while he was in the arena, maybe that's how they saw it. But it's like, you have to go out of your way to even see it. 
And then once they see it, they kick him. It's not like he's got a, sh a black shirt and it's all white lettering and it's all just band Dolan. It's a Knicks logo. And instead of Knicks, it says band Dolan. It's, it's, easily, it's easy to miss. I know, I know I would probably miss it if I was walking past this guy. I wouldn't notice it. But the security did. And then the most sensitive security in the world. Because of, of Dolan. It's not on them. It's Dolan. Can't blame the security here. They're doing their jobs. They got to listen to their boss. But Dolan again being overly sensitive over the dumbest little thing like this. And the guy that, that paid his hard-earned money for, frankly, and I hate to say this, overly priced tickets in some regards for some of these games. The, the Knicks are getting their money's worth. No question about that. And again, if you can do it, go. I'm not saying don't pay the money. But you should be able to wear something like that at the garden. There's not even a curse word on the shirt. It's not like it doesn't say bleep Dolan or go bleep yourself Dolan. It doesn't even say sell the team. Or anything like that. Or, you know, F off Dolan. It doesn't say anything like that. It just says ban Dolan because he bans everybody. And he gets kicked out. It's like, I... come on. And you've heard me talk about this before. I I'm not having it anymore from Dolan with this kind of stuff. It's ridiculous. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Guys, thank you as always for listening to the show. You guys are the best. And until next time, have a great week. And I'll see you guys next week on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network.